Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Cultured Nerd Podcast. This week we're on episode 51. We took a little break because of Thanksgiving, because why not? This week we're going to be talking about the Superman legacy casting that happened over the course of the last week and a half that we apparently missed. Um, and with that, we also want to do a couple of updates regarding the, the actor strike, because there's some new developments that may actually indicate the strike is not going to get ratified, which is kind of terrifying. Um, also some recent alarming situations that came up with rebel moon on the press side of things which came to my attention earlier this morning and a few other fun little tidbits we're going to talk about just separately than all of that fun stuff but without further ado you know let's just get right into it Hey, buddy. How was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was great. We, everyone, I was with a family that only cared about the sides. So all the sides are what we made. And then the turkey, we just got like a turkey breast from Cracker Barrel. It was great. That's the way to do it. I mean, my family, you you kind of, you grew up with us. You know this. We don't care for turkey. We would always make ham on Thanksgiving as well. Because turkey is just a dry, overrated bird. <laughs> so we kind of <laughs> were like, no thanks. Um, but we had a big Mexican uh Thanksgiving, which meant uh, the sides were the priority, and the turkey was also present, but mostly mm -hmm. the sides. What are the what are all the fun sides at a Mexican Thanksgiving? Are we talking tamales? We're talking beans. We're talking rice. We're talking tortillas. Rice, we're talking rice, tamales, tortillas. Uh, my wife made these little potato taco things, which are like um, it's a little corn tortilla that's been deep fried, and inside of it, it's like pico de gallo and mashed potatoes all mixed together, <sighs> and you just cook that. It's just potato taco, but it's like it's essentially mashed potatoes wrapped in a tortilla so really good um we had this we had this decent uh over over the top mac and cheese which was um i say it was decent because it looked like it was lacking some cheese like it had a lot of a lot of bread a lot of like um the breadcrumbs all that stuff everything looked really great but it was it was very dry i was like i, I feel like you didn't add enough cheese to the mac and cheese um but there was a there was a lot of good stuff so we had, fun. uh, I will say this felt like a quiet Thanksgiving weekend in that, like, I don't, was there any must see TV? Was there anything that like blue beetle dropped? You know what I mean? But it, it, it I knew that was going to be coming eventually. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, I mean, I, I watched it again with my wife. We enjoyed it. We also got, uh, it was like the day after uh, Thanksgiving. My wife was like, all right, I'm pregnant. I, I want to be in a good mood. Put up the Christmas decorations. So I I put up the the lights on the house. We set up the tree. Um, brought out all the bins out of the garage and just went nuts. And it's now Christmas Wonderland in my house. It's like you put the lights up. Good job, yeah. Dad. You got it. You're the first one on the block. No, I wasn't actually. There was a neighbor that had it a few days ago. So I'm like, there's a rule. You cannot put them up until after Thanksgiving. And the neighbors didn't care. So. I didn't know that Revenge of the Strike was going to be happening tonight. In fact, I was even I was unaware of that. Should we start with the Superman stuff? Like, no, let's no, no. Pre let's I, pretend like Hollywood's going to work for a little bit, and then let's talk about that. No, no, I want to talk about the strike first because it's not a lot, and I think the bulk of the show is going to be about the Superman stuff. So that's a big, uh, big topic. Um, so the strike is now possibly 
in on the rocks. And this was something that came what about. What does that in the mean? Last... How can it be on the rocks? It ended. They sent out a tweet saying it's over. Yes, they said it was over. It was tentatively completed. The signing hasn't been done yet, but they've come to terms. However, the terms may not be ratified by everybody. And that's the, that's the issue. There's a lot of people that are now backing out because they read the terms. There was one one giant caveat in the terms that is now causing a lot of people to freak the hell out. Um, the, in the terms, there was a small stipulation that studios and or actors can basically sign a waiver and use CGI and AI to replace stuntmen. So they basically were like, we oh. don't have to use stunt people anymore. We can just CGI it if, and we will take a bigger, the actors will take a more of a fee to not do it. <laughs> so it's like, there was, there was literally no incentives for the studios to now use stunt people anymore because the, the prior incentive was, um, or the prior thing against it was the fact that you have a stunt man and then you have to have a butt ton of insurance. You have to have the safety stuff. Now there's more of an incentive not to use stunt people. And this, stipulation is basically like a giant middle finger to the stunt community and now the stunt community and every actor who's really tight with the stunt community are now freaking the hell out about it and possibly going against the strike it's so funny as we get to this point where we're talking about superhero fatigue and what's not working with the marvel universe when i look back at all the movies that worked there were a lot of stunt people in those suits doing those stunts you know i think about Captain America Civil War, where those, you know, we know who is in the Black Panther suit. We know who these individuals are now. And their work shines through. So to hear that they want to get rid of that, that's pretty frightening to lose that human element in the biggest part of your movie, right? The, right. the stunt sequences. And it, it's kind of, it was just kind of this insane thing. And I talked to a few stunt people that I know, and everyone's basically seeing the same thing that if the studios think they can slip this one by everybody and if the actors are agreeing to it without realizing that it's going to just destroy their reputations, it's bad news across the board. Well, thank uh, thank God for Ryan Gosling. What's that new movie he just did that's like doing 70 stunts again? They're oh, it's like the whole movie is about him being a stuntman. It's like basically evil can evil, but in modern day. like it's <laughs> Great. I'm so happy. And I hope that these movies aren't just a niche anymore because to hear that they're going to curb launch um, replace them, you know, we wouldn't have gotten that Batman V Superman scene, right? Where that got, where the stunt man told us, and I apologize. I don't remember your name, Batman stunt man. Uh, thank you. Told us that he rehearsed it for six months to make that right. You know what I mean? There's a reason why these things look good. And it is that human element. There's, there's, this factor in it, and you could call it the uncanny valley, you could call it whatever you want, but there's something in humans that when we get oversaturated with CGI and then we see something that's actually real, there's something in us that feels that, and we're like, Holy crap, that was real! And that, and that's such something that they have yet to capture with AI or CGI or anything like that. It's that it's this untangible thing that resonates with us when we see these things, that's why we get that wow factor again. And if they just make it all animated, it's going to kind of lose that luster for a lot of people. Within the last year, I just watched for the first time the Lethal Weapon movies. I knew about the Lethal Weapon movies. I knew bits from the Lethal Weapon movies, but I never sat down and watched them. The old movies speaking hold of, up because of the stunts. 
Michael, as we get closer to 40, because we are getting closer to 40, and it hurts my heart a little bit. Every day. Danny Glover's character in that movie, when he kept saying, I'm too old for this shit, he was 41. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, I I, I don't say that I, on a daily basis, but like, yeah. We're not, we're not there yet. I mean, we're, we're closer to, to 40 than we are 30. But at the same time, it's like, Oh, maybe I am too old for this shit. You're not too old for this shit, Taylor. Don't say that. You're doing the Lord's work. You can't think that way. I'm getting too old for this shit. To be fair, though, he had bullets going past his ear. You have Legos, you know what I mean? And, and Christmas ornaments going past your ears. It's not the same. No, there is one thing that is the same. Um, I brought this up on uh, the interwebs because you were, at, you were out of town, and I was, I was lamenting about the grave misfortune of my life. Um, I was in uh, Arkansas, so it was uh, yeah. I was not I was not dealing with anything you were dealing with. Ever since we were kids, you kept calling it Arkansas, and we've never. It is there's it Kansas, and then there's our Kansas, the one that we want to have. <laughs> Where is this photo? Because this happened the other day, and my heart died a little bit. Um, oh, all of our all of listen. So uh, so much. So much sadness is is coming our way, Taylor. All of the things we love eventually are going to start passing on. I feel like we're just at that tipping point. Like I'm not ready for Harrison Ford to pass away. I don't know. If nope. he, I don't. You no, know he, what I mean? He won't. He won't pass away. He'll live forever. And Ugh, then, then when him. he does, when he does pass away, it's not actually him passing away. It'll be him just faking his death. That's yeah, how he'll, I'm gonna it. he'll sign a waiver that allow him to keep making Indiana Jones movies. Where on the F is this? Photo? That movie, Taylor, where is that movie? That yeah, movie. Gonna, Disney Plus is going to have it soon. Okay. That'll be their Christmas movie? Uh, more or less. What did I do with it? I can't wait to show it to my wife and have her fall asleep in it. I, I Maybe I, I don't think I deleted it. I shouldn't have deleted it. I posted it. I was so upset that I had to share it with the world. I had to share my anguish with the world. Um, Are we not getting a Phantom remake? No, no, it's so much worse than that. Um, the other day, my son was... Yo, found it. Found the photo. Did I not have it in my... I should have had it. I should be able just to present it, but I don't know why. Why is it in your shared photos? And that's what I'm looking for. Like, why can't, why can't I find it in my shared photos? Um, maybe it's just the universe doesn't want me to share. You're showing your age by not being able to work technology. Shut up. <laughs> I swear it's here, the photo. It should be in both places. Fucking hell. I was so, I was, I just didn't see it. I was just being like, all right. So the other day, my wife was having extra bad pregnancy morning sickness. Sure. And uh, she calls me and says, I need you to come home and help me with this nightmare of a child that we have. Um, so in, in her way of saying, uh, the, the exact call was, uh, come get your son. Because <laughs> whenever he's in trouble, he's, he's my son. Um, right? So, like, just the usual, right? I didn't, I didn't take this as a video. Stupid thing. My you computer it thought a it was a video. So, we didn't want to. Oh. Maybe I did, I guess. But that's how iPhones are. If you take a photo and you're holding the button too long, it takes it as a video. So, I get home and he destroys the downstairs. He destroys our theater room, just wrecks it to pieces. And while I am watching him, I go upstairs to make my wife some lunch and I come down and apparently Miss Rachel, one episode ended and he was mad the next one didn't begin in time. So he threw his oh, dinosaur at the TV no. and destroyed my TV. 
Miss Rachel. Yep. Taylor. So he broke my TV. It hurts my heart. And now if you can see to scale, if you look at this photo, uh, that's my 70-inch TV. That was my gaming TV. And it was connected to my PS5. So, like, I died a little when I came downstairs and I saw that. And I'm like, how am I going to Platinum Spider-Man now? So I just moved it. I moved it to my bedroom TV, which is a much smaller TV, and I platinumed it there. I was about I to say, is there any Black Friday sales for you to replace this TV? Well, there would have been, but today is now Monday. Black Friday was last week. So. It's Cyber Monday. It's Cyber Monday. What can you do? But all the TV, the TV that I wanted to buy sold out within an hour, and I cannot find it anywhere else. Um, so I, I'm just stuck waiting till it comes back in stock and just biting the bullet if it's a little bit more. You're um, going to just buy the expensive TV. You, If you know what TV you want, regardless of the price, you're just going to get it. I know. I know. But um, during my lamenting of it, I, I went on this rant on social media about how frustrated I was and how much. I mean, obviously, I love my kid. And um, that's kind of just like it happens. And you can't get like too mad at your toddler because it happens. Um, but I... I went up there saying, if anyone wants to help me buy a new TV, I'll gladly accept the help. And then uh, apparently I got like 40 bucks from the fans just sending me like a dollar at a time to help me buy a new TV. So thank you, fans. Thank you, everyone who helped like give me this 40 bucks. Uh, it's going to definitely help pay off all the taxes on the brand new TV, which if is the, a lot nowadays. If the stuntmen don't go on strike, you could get a stuntman other baby, and then you could kick that baby and film it, but it's like a stunt. You know what I mean? You're not kicking your kid. It's just like an effigy of your kid. Ah, no, no, no. So uh, <laughs> it was funny. I sent it to a couple of friends, and one friend right after that was just throw the baby away. Just get rid of him. You can't <laughs> do that. And then my other friend was like, I, I sort of know your pain, because he and I play Pokemon Go together, and apparently his daughter, he spent like the last six weeks or whatever doing the master ball quest and his daughter used the master ball on a rotata and he was like i know your pain i want to get rid of my kid right now too and i'm like i, I know it's all you gotta well. do is just start a new account that's all yeah just like ready uh, player one yeah it was just it was so depressing but so he destroyed my tv and that was the thing that hurt my heart quite a bit oh hold on R.I.P. Big TV. You served us well for, what, a year? How long did you have it for? It was my moving in present, so about a year and a half. Oh, barely. You could have got, you would have gotten at least another two years out of that TV. Oh, more than that. We've had, in, in my office here, this little TV that I have next to my desk, my wife and I bought it when we started dating 12 years, like 13, 14 years ago. It still works. It's just not that great because it's an old TV. Right, right. Like, it's maximum 720p because it's a little... It's a littler guy. But, Perfect for YouTube videos. Yeah, I've got my Super Nintendo connected to it. It's overkill for that, but it's good. <laughs> What's the output? Nintendo is inside. Super Nintendo's on 720, right? It's what? no Super Nintendo's like 100, 100 <laughs> or something. something terrible. Um, but on a different note, let's talk about Superman Legacy. I so feel this, like this is what you've been waiting for. You had said there was all these rumblings, and then this is the announcement. These, This is who we have. So uh, the cast that just got dropped, they were they announced three official members and one that has had an, a deal put forth. The deal has not been signed yet, but it's in the late stages of negotiation, so we'll talk about it anyways. First one, right off the bat, this was announced and completely shocked everybody just because of what it is. Actress Maria Gabriela Di Feria, she has been cast as uh, 
I just forgot the character's name. The engineer. Her name is the engineer. She is a member of the authority, which confirms the authority are going to have a presence in this film. Right. She was cast as this character, and the casting announced her as a villain. Then James Gunn went to social media and said, villain is a very strong word. She's just an antagonist. Okay. Um, so, essentially, we already know that the, the Watchmen and the characters of like the Watchmen from the comics, um, like the Watchmen, the, uh, or the Minutemen, uh, I guess, is maybe been called at one point, uh, the boys, people like that, the seven. These are teams that are in the public eye. These are good guys that do terrible things, but still are good guys. That's essentially what the authority is. They are, they, they believe that the end justifies the means so they can do whatever they want to ensure world peace. You showed me a picture of a met uh, metallic metal lady with a gun hand. That's not what, that's not what a, a, a heroine looks like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it looks like it's even got a clip on it or like some sort of hook at the bottom of it. That's a crazy looking thing. Yeah. Uh, so she reminds me a lot of like comic book Metallo where, oh, like the T-1000, like where yeah. materialized weapons. Um, a lot of nanotech, a lot of fun stuff like that. So uh, I wonder, I wonder if we're going to then see some Lex Luthering manipulating these individuals to his ends, or maybe they all have the joint, uh, uh, they see eye to eye that we got to get rid of the Superman figure. He is too powerful to be here on this earth. Maybe we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, the next bit of casting came from Skylar Gazondo has been cast as Jimmy Olsen. Uh, this young guy, which I say young guy in the most liberal sense possible because the he, actor... He's got to like, be 30, right? He plays 15, but he's like 30 years old. He's like 28. Okay. 29-ish. Um, he uh, is known for the Santa Clarita Diet Vacation. Most recently, he was in The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. Um, he is... Uh, fun fact, Michael. What superhero movie was he in? Oh great! It's got to be the it's got to be in the past couple of years, right? He's just been nope. popping in the last couple of years. No, nope. this was long ten years ago. Ten years ago, he was in Thor two. Nope, wrong. He was in the Amazing Spider Man one and two. He was Gwen Stacy's brother. In every scene at the house, he was there with her. He was also teasing cool. Peter about not how knowing how to use the fork with fish. <laughs> It sounds like, uh, you know, it's funny is uh, with some of these castings you're going to talk about, it sounds like Marvel didn't reach out to these people. So they went and made their bed somewhere else because, OK, so he's not coming back to that universe. Who else so got, is going back to Marvel? So we got Jimmy Olsen. Uh, so and I always like to point out Jimmy Olsen is such a huge character for Superman, not because he's this little dork of a character. But Jimmy Olsen was always meant to be the, the side of humanity that Superman connects with. You have. The, the person that Superman loves, a.k.a. Lois, and the person that essentially personifies the goodness and innocence of humanity, and that is Jimmy. That has always been Jimmy to Superman. Jimmy Olsen is his human dog. He has a crypto... He, right? He's got a Kryptonian dog that's like a Scooby-Doo superhuman, but Jimmy Olsen is like his pet that he loves. You could say that, sure. <laughs> so, he, I mean, Jimmy Olsen has always been Superman's like go-to for like everything and he was also one of his biggest confidants in the comics i think jimmy olsen may have actually known superman was superman was clark kent before lois knew mm. but we'll see how that turns out another big one that kind of threw everyone off was uh model actress sarah sampio is playing eve tesmacher 
which a character, uh, Miss Tessmacher, was initially de- created for the Superman uh, Christopher Reeve movie. She was Lex Luthor's assistant slash eye candy, right? Sure, but, sure. Um, to tempt, to tempt uh, Clark Kent away from Lois Lane is what it looks like. Sure. <laughs> but in in more later personifications, more recent changes, they've actually kind of turned Miss Tessmacher and Mercy Graves kind of in a similar character where there's very possibility that Miss Tessmacher may just be his assistant, but she also may be kind of like this unexpected assassin that's working with him. Right? I love that uh, he's pulling also from characters from the movies that gives it that cinematic push. Most people will not know the piece of trivia you just told me, but I love that they're bringing all that into the world. And that's one thing that I think was really cool about what James Gunn said he was going to do is that he was going to be pulling for the largest mythos of Superman from movies, TV, cartoons, everything, and making a movie that everyone who's a fan of all these different pieces can resonate with. So you have Jimmy Olsen, you've got Lex Luthor, you've got members of the Authority, you've got members of the JSA, you've got Clark Kent Lois, you have all these characters. I mean, the JSA, you got Hot Girl, Metamorpho, Hal Jordan, and Mr. Terrific all randomly showing up in this film. Right. Uh, and then you've got Maria Gabrielle Di Ferre as the engineer, member of the Authority, and undoubtedly more members of the Authority may show up as well. Um, or maybe she's the only one, and it's setting up the connection I, to the Authority movie. I was about to ask you, do you think that we get a tease at the end where we finally see that team, or do you think that we see casting rumors, and that's how we put all this together? Maybe. Mm. Um, one thing that James Gunn actually brought up today on social media was I get asked about rumors and various actors being cast in various roles every day. Just a blanket rule to keep in mind while assessing whether these rumors have any truth to them, 99% of the time they're false, we are never going to cast roles without scripts. So that's just something that I like people to keep in mind. When everyone's like, oh, this person is being eyed for this movie, this person is being eyed for this movie, he's flat out said, unless the script is done, the fan casting, the casting rumors, it's all nonsense. No one is getting casted until a script is turned in and a director is being hired. Uh, have we officially, has Lex Luthor also officially been casted? So the other day when these three names came out, he announced it with saying hundreds of people auditioned. These are the three that he went with for these specific characters. One of the fans actually reached out and said, does that mean you were quietly working during the strike or how did that work? And he said that these three people were already cast prior to the strike. The deal, the ink was dry, everything was ready to go, but the announcement did not happen because the strike took into effect and they just, they these three just sat on their heels which, until then. Which means other castings have already happened, but they're not pertinent yet and we won't see them until scripts come. We probably won't see them until the movies come out because, I mean, mm. half of the fun, like they what they do is they typically announce the big casting that may be spoiled with filming then they hide some other casting in it. So for all we know, Jarrell, Papa Kent, all of them, they're already cast. They're just not going to be seen until the tra- trailers start dropping. Do you um, think that they're going to be known actors or do you think I they do. go with, okay, you think they'll be, it'll um, be another, um, not Keanu my, Reeves. He'd be a great, it'd be a very weird choice, but I'm not Keanu Reeves. My son. Whoa. My son. <laughs> you have to go and fight everyone. My dude. <laughs> no, so, um, one of the things that actually came about was during the strike, there was some leaked, uh, not some leaked concept art. Some some members of the press got a hold of someone from the costume and concept de- department. And apparently concept art for Jarrell was uh, made with the 
obvious appearance of Kurt Russell as Jor-El. Okay. Um, okay. Which makes sense. I mean, Kurt Russell knows James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and he does have that fatherly figure now. So I could, they also I could see it. put stand in actors. Directors will ask to, like, oh, it's going to be a Kurt Russell type, and then yeah, just 100%. have that be there. Um, Kurt Mind Russell, you, I mean, because the. Uh, would be a the, great Jarrell, though. He would. Uh, the Ghost in the Shell movie a few years ago that came out that was a fantastic adaptation with the worst actress for that role. Because I loved the movie, but I don't think Scarlett Johansson made it work. Um, everything about it's, that movie was great, except for her. It's, not because she's bad; it's just it's not the character. It's the it's it's like it's like the better version of Cowboy Bebop, right? Like it's almost Ghost in the Shell. It's almost if you, it's almost if, you if you close your eyes, it's like stevia ice cream. It's like oh, it's it's ice cream, but it's just not the right taste, right? Um, when they were doing the concept art for that movie, they used Margot Robbie as the concept piece for literally every piece, um, which means that they had an idea of using a white blonde actress, then they later changed it. Um, right. But I can understand why they did what they did, because the whole point of the movie was that this the major didn't know she was Japanese until halfway through the movie when she starts getting her memories unlocked. And she's like, this person I see in the mirror is not even physically me. Right. Like, so that was the point of it. But. At, at some point in the production, they were actually saying a Margot Robbie type for this. Why does Scarlett Johansson want to be a robot so bad? I feel like every other movie she does, she's a robot or an AI or a robot lady. Or a young girl who ingests this crazy med like meth medicine that makes her super smart until she melts into oblivion. Isn't yeah, that, that also a robot movie, basically? Kind of. That movie was insane. I kind of liked it, but I also didn't like it enough to really recommend it. <laughs> it was just yeah. a weird movie. Was it Lucy? I think it was. Yeah, it was. There's she. There she was the AI voice in her, and then there was Lucy. Then there was Ghost in the Shell. But then there's that other sexy robot movie she was in, and I can't even remember the name of it. I don't know. One of the other ones she did the last couple. Just of the years Marvel she... ones, right? I mean, she's not human in the Marvel. <laughs> no, movie. she's not. Um, oh. But this was one that apparently uh, Deadline, The Hollywood Reporter, all of them, they they announced saying that he, the offer has been made that nicholas holt has the offer to play lex luther oh he's got to take it taylor he'd be such a good he'd be such a good lex luther so what i what i see from this casting is very similar to what we had with jesse eisenberg right so we have a younger fella cast as lex luther right the difference is the way they personified lex luther in the the DCEU trilogy was that he was this eccentric madman. Yeah, he was a tech yeah, he bro. was essentially like Mark Zuckerberg turned into an evil genius, right? Which is ironically, they got the actor who played Mark Zuckerberg to play the evil genius. Oh, it's crazy. If if you watch that, if you watch the trilogy, Taylor, of the social network into Batman v Superman, it's a it's like this you is a see, crazy world. You can see the the downhill spiral that Lex Luthor went through through college. <laughs> he voted on those ladies in the hot book or not book, and then he's like trying to take over the world with alien yeah. tech. Yeah, I I buy it. But from what I what you can see is that they're they're doing very something there's something very unique with this role, right? I mean, Nicholas Holt was in the running for Superman. So this would be one of the first times that they got an actor who almost made it as Superman to play his nemesis. So I... this version of Lex is gonna have that that personification of strength and intelligence. That but is isn't that supposed to be Lex Luthor? Isn't Lex Luthor supposed yeah. to be that? 
not equal to Superman, but that he wants to be the equal of Superman. He does. Uh, one of my favorite comics um, for this exact reason in Superman Red Sun, that's the, the comic where Superman lands in Russia and gets raised by the the communists and becomes the, the, the champion of Stalin and all that stuff. The world is at like an economic slump, except for America, which is at this metropolis utopian society because without Lex, without Superman standing in Lex Luthor's way, he became the savior of America. And then he had to go kill Superman. <laughs> so then, yeah, yeah. So, um, it was one of the few times in the comics where they've actually personified Lex Luthor correctly, where they basically said if Superman was not in his way, he could be the greatest hero on the planet. But his obsession with defeating the alien has turned him into a villain. I mean, is it canon that he does become president? Is that like... Yeah, he's done it before in the comics. Yeah, so like he has qualities that other people like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not a total sociopath. There is a humanistic element to him. There is, but the thing is about if you do Lex Luthor correctly, I mean, you have the mad scientist Lex Luthor and you have the Gene Hackman Lex Luthor, which even James Gunn said was very corny, which I, I do agree with. I mean, Gene Hackman was a great Lex Luthor, but he was very cheesy. Um, he was... Yeah, I mean, but if you have all of these different versions of Lex Luthor, the one that resonates the most with people is the one where he is this industrious businessman who dabbles in the realm of the wrong and the evil because he's trying to make the world a better place in his eyes. Uh, I feel that because, and even though I've said there's a lot of Iron Man suits, I think they're going to put him in the suit. I, I think we're and 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 I and maybe he's the big bad of the movie, maybe not, but I feel like we need to see him imposing his will to meet Superman. And when that fails, he then goes and looks for other people. I could see it go the other way around, where they kind of do it like they did in the original the the old cartoon, where he he starts dabbling in the mad science as a way to basically have a checkpoint for like if Superman goes nuts, I have a way to stop him. And then it kind of escalates where his mad scientist projects start to become issues. And then Superman shows up at Lex's balcony and says, I know you did it. I can't prove it. Otherwise you'd be in jail. And that's kind of how that goes. But like, I could easily see part one being him dabbling in it. And you see the whole, if it is Brainiac, you see the Brainiac situation come about and he's like, okay, I can see this. I can use this tech. I can use this. And then, like, maybe at number two or three, he's, he does the Thanos thing where he says, fine, I'll do it myself. And you see him pull out the suit and then goes on a, I got my spear. I've got my armor. I'm going to go kick the crap out of Superman. Now, again, I said this earlier offhandedly, but it not that, I mean, is there any desire to have him come play Beast again? And whatever, no, no they're going no. Kelsey Grammer. No. The, the, Kelsey Grammer's already canonized as the MCU Beast, even with a new design. The new design that they released in the Marvels, which if you were one of the 20 people who saw it. Um, I saw the I saw the pictures of it on Twitter yeah, the next day. the scenes, yeah. Um, the design, I mean, yeah, CGI doesn't look the best, but it's the best looking design of Beast ever because it is the X-Men 97, okay. 1990s cartoon Beast in CGI form. Yeah. He's got the, the little fangs and everything. It's it's perfect. It's the fantastic design. They just messed it up by not having the best CGI. Again, CGI sucks and you don't do it correctly. Do practical with CGI cleanup. That's Punch. what you need to do. 
Hundred percent, and you don't even. And we've talked to the stuntmen. You don't even need Kelsey Grammer there. You know what I mean? They'll deep fake all of that. Just have something there so the hair doesn't look like that weird um, Little Mermaid hair. Yeah, when it's all like waving in the opposite direction as the body. Bro, when Benicio del Toro's not Benicio del Toro, who plays the dad in the when, yeah, when his face started not matching with his hair in that movie, I was like, like this is a million, yeah. is a hundred million dollar movie, and you can't make his fucking face look good, then just do makeup. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I have so many issues with that movie. Not not at all the racial stuff, just the fact that it wasn't fun. It's not fun at all. And they changed the songs up in a weird way. The new song was fine. I liked the Prince's song because I had nothing to base it to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Superman Legacy apparently has some more casting to come through. But it's getting very close. Uh, if the strikes don't kick back in in the next week or so, which, fingers crossed, they they deal. I don't Is know. Any, we'll see what happens. Taylor. Uh, I don't even know. Has any production like did they do three weeks of Deadpool three? Did anything? They've already they've already resumed on a few things. Uh, the Penguin has already resumed filming. Right, there's a bunch of stuff that's already resumed. Um, Superman Legacy is due to start filming in the next couple months. Um, they have dates already set and confirmed for Atlanta and in the UK for filming. So they're they're already ready to go. They're just getting the last of the casting finalized. And getting some more things completed. But my guess is that uh, we're going to get the first look at Superman probably January, February region. Just because I don't see them rushing it. But I also don't see them holding out on the fans. They, they want to build the hype engine very quickly. But they want to do it in a way that's going to well, blow some minds. If stuntmen in Hollywood aren't working... So many of the movies you and I talk about on this show are not going to happen. They need those stunt teams put in place to begin filming. Yeah. Uh, one thing that came about, which I thought was really interesting, this, this happened just a few days ago. Um, maybe it was a week ago at this point. I don't even know anymore. Um, so uh, David Cornsweat, the guy who's plugged Superman, has actually been getting in shape. Uh to no, to no one's surprise, but to everyone's... Is he posting happy, on Instagram? Right? Is he posting on Instagram his gains? So a picture of him dropped of him at the gym. And the internet was pretty happy with it. Pretty, uh, pretty thirsty for our hot new Superman? Apparently. Apparently that's what you want to call it. Um, so he actually... And the funny thing is, a lot of people thought this was uh, Henry Cavill. At first, because he's got that same jawline, but the actor is getting bigger. Like he is, to everyone's satisfaction, he is getting bigger. Uh, they're probably going to he still have to. Does look like Henry Cavill. I mean, look at that profile picture right there. Yeah. So uh, I, I mean, I said it from the start that this David looks like if Henry Cavill and Tom Welling did the fusion dance together. Like he's got like the. With the earrings, or did they, or did they do the dance? Either one. <laughs> I mean, either we one. Do. Taylor, we could do the fusion dance. We're aiming the wrong you direction. Just... Wrong way. Wrong way. Other hands. No, wrong it's way. right way for me. No, it's the opposite. You have no, to aim you to. Can... No, this way is the. No, Taylor, it's this way. How? I'm looking at the screen with you. You're aiming the whatever. You're on my left. 
Not, I, I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> so we're. No! no it, it, doesn't work. it doesn't work. It's not working. We messed it up. Now we're, now we're fat, whatever we call it. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, yeah, we're Nick fat. Fat, fat Yeah. <laughs> Ruined. Ruined. Tell. Anyways, uh, so that was exciting for a lot of people. I mean, he's now obviously got them gains, and Superman's not going to be some stick figure. Um, so that makes people happy whenever they see that Superman's not going to be a, a twig. Do you feel like Lex Luthor also needs to be jacked? I feel like he does. You know? I feel like that guy, you, he also has to be super buff so that like, even if you are the one, you know, oh, you're a strong dude, you're still a shit to Superman. I, right? I want that to be kind of like the, I mean, the, the way they personified Batman in BVS, like with the, no matter how strong I get, he's still strong. Like, I want that to be Lex Luthor. I want to see like a montage of him just being like, I have achieved the pinnacle of what mankind can offer. And it's nothing compared to that alien. I just want to like have moments like that where he just like he's infuriated by the fact that this character exists. The fact that they already talked about that authority figure, you can already start seeing where this is going to be going. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to get this. We're going to get this authority movie. We'll get some um, maybe uh, we'll get uh, what do you call it? Season two. Right. Maybe that goes into the Waller show, whatever that's supposed to be. This timeline's coming together. It is, and it's still moving forward in a, in a fantastic way. And, uh, however, one thing that kind of caught my off, caught me off guard today. So this is something that it's still unconfirmed. So it's wildly um, speculative, you can say. So earlier today, um, at TCN, we have a handful of contacts that work within different um, PR departments to get us like screeners and things like that. And um, I reached out to one of my screening contacts one of my PR agencies and one of my editors reached out to his contact actually at Netflix PR and he got this email back and I had to take out the names because they use last names and all that stuff but they actually told him this morning flat out screeners are not available for Rebel Moon they said we asked like in advance can we get put on this list and they said unfortunately they're not available for this title um he responded saying, what about the live action? What about the theatrical views? Is there going to be any way we can get invited to one of these? And they said, unfortunately, at this time, the 70 millimeter showings are the only showings we're doing for Rebel Moon. And it went from like bad to worse. As this rabbit hole went down, we were told that one, we're not getting screener. Screening options is not available. So no physical screenings. Two, digital screenings, which are free to them are not getting sent out early and there is no planned press junket for press to go interview the cast is this sounds like netflix is getting cold feet on this what this to me this is a terrifying thing because then we immediately segued saying hey can we actually get list on the for the maestro which comes out a couple of days earlier as that bradley cooper art film you know the um what is that that recent controversy where they call it like Jew face where they're like making fun of the fact that he's wearing the, the prosthetic nose. I didn't know that we yeah, were alive. Like, I didn't know Jew no, no. face was a that thing. Was that was actually something that people are throwing out and then he's attacking them for saying this is the only way to do the, the act. Like this is what you want. Like this actor looked this way. Uh, I know that he's been practicing conducting an orchestra the yeah. way that John, uh, the way that uh, Keanu Reeves trains for John Wick. 
He's really putting his all into his performance. All right. On that note, I wanted to say segue. Keanu Reeves is probably one of the most deadly people in Hollywood because he does his own stunts and he learns how to do the stuff behind his stunts. Yeah. So, despite the fact that the actor is like pushing 60, at this point, he's this, the one person in Hollywood I'm probably most scared of. It's crazy that he has become like Liam Neeson, where you know, you're like, oh, Liam Neeson's an old man. Nope. He can still make three taken movies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyways, so as we went down this rabbit hole of just getting denial after denial after denial, like, can we get this? Nope, we're not doing it. Can we get this? Nope, we're not doing this. Not doing this. What about the maestro? Yeah, we'll get you on the list. We're like, so are you just not doing anything for Rebel Moon? That caused a little panic in all of us because we realized very quickly that if a studio, even a Netflix, is not doing press or press uh, options or screenings or anything for this movie, are they solely relying on the fans to carry this project? Can the fans... Uh, I mean, the question I asked you is, can the fan? I don't know if the fans can carry this project. Well, and, th- and that's such... And so I, I rattled with this for a while. I mean, it looks... It's a pretty big red flag. If the studio tells you flat out we're not sending press, press kits or press screenings or anything for this project, because normally, if in any other studio blacklists reviews, puts review embargoes until the day it wide releases, that's a pretty hefty red flag. Which is what happened with the Marvels, correct? It happened with a lot of movies over the years. And this was this was terrifying because I looked at this and I'm like, they've not done this before. Not only did in recent months they revealed that they've canceled or put on the back burner, quietly killed, whatever you want to call it. The Rebel Moon, not the Rebel Moon, the Army of the Dead Las Vegas animated miniseries is now dead, right? The movie, the show is in post. Like, they have all the voice work, they have all the previous done, and they, it's dead, right? So that's one thing, that was one red flag. Like, oh, no, is Netflix kind of over Zack Snyder? What's going on? Um, I looked back with Zack Snyder's Justice League. A lot of people said, oh, Zack Snyder got press kits for people, blah, blah, blah. He had his own list of people he was able to get things for, but the majority of the press had to get their stuff through PR departments. I got my screener through a PR department. I also have contacts that gave me screeners for, I don't even remember how many Netflix random things. The most recent one, uh, Glass Onion, I got a screener for. I got a saw it early. I love that movie. I thought it was fantastic. Um, they gave me a screener for Red Notice, and they gave me a scarf, like a virtual red scarf that says Red Notice across it. But those um, were films that won traditional Hollywood awards. Red? And all of a sudden, yeah. but this movie... Time, here's another segue. Uh, I actually got from uh, Army of the Dead. They sent me a press kit where I actually got a trucker hat with the Army of the Dead uh, tack patch on it, where it says uh, uh, Las Vegas. There's the one that they were all wearing on their vests. I got one of those. I got posters. I got a bunch of stuff from an actual press kit for Army of the Dead. So they went all in with Army of the Dead. They even had a digital fan event where they invited a ton of fans to watch it early. They put it in theaters. They did all this stuff. And now for the movie that costs them more money, has more press around it, they're limiting the showings to four theaters. And they're not doing... And the theaters are only showing the movie on the day of release. 
and they're not doing advanced screening for the press according to this one contact. I've sent my request out to like five other PR agencies that I know that also work for Netflix, and I'll see what I get in the next few days. But we were told flat out by actual Netflix's PR department that they're not doing it, which is, ah. Okay. So do you feel that this will go through the same Zack Snyder treatment so many of his other movies go through? That it's going to have a bad, it's going to have a weird release. People aren't going to like it. And three months, we'll get a director's cut that fixes all of this. We already know that's happening. I mean, that's one thing that we already know. Zack has already said flat out that this is the theatrical cut. And after part two comes out, he's going to be releasing director's cuts of both part one and part two. So in my mind, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, did Netflix see the PG-13 cut, realize it's going to get critically panned and doesn't want to deal with the controversy? Or is this Netflix not wanting to back Zack Snyder this time around? Or I have so many questions on why they would bail out. Option one, close. option one really sounds like a Taylor. Like maybe we're going to get this movie that feels weird and disfanged where the rated R version, it's like, oh, that scene plays better. Or, oh, the sword fight feels more deadly now. Yeah. It's just so weird to me that they would spend this kind of money and not push it out to the press. I mean, obviously, if you're scared that the press is going to rip it through the, like, tear it through the gutters, then you should know that the Snyder fans will attack the press. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but it's like, at the same time, it's like, what are they scared of? Like, why are they not doing this? So is uh, I here's my bigger question for you. Is there any chance that part two doesn't happen? Because Netflix cancels things all the time, and we never get a resolution. Is there any way part two doesn't come out? Unless they pull the plug while it's in post, because it's already in post right now. Okay. Um, I don't see how they would do it. I mean, they've already spent the money. They might as well just put it out. Is like, there any way we don't get these director's cuts? I don't know. And I, you, that, that seems like a plausible thing. And this one bombs, and nobody watches it. There's a chance we'll never see the director's cuts, because they, they cost more money to finish. Sure. But there's also... They have comic books coming out. They've got uh, a, a mobile game coming out. They have so many side things, an animated prequel. Like they went all in. And on the, the scale that they went all in, it seems super fishy, super red flaggy that they are not doing the standard protocols for releasing a movie. Like it just seems like if you're going to spend this much money putting forth like a 200 plus million dollar investment, Something that Netflix can't really afford sometimes. And then... And you know what's crazy, Taylor? <clears throat> They're not going to even make this money on the back end with the physical... With physical DV, with physical sales. Because with these movies, you basically get to sell them three times, right? You sell part one, then you sell part two, and then you sell the completed part, and then maybe you get a director's cut. But right. none of that money is going to even happen now. Yeah, unless Netflix changes their business strategy, I think they're realizing very quickly that this is a very hefty investment that may not work in their favor. Because well, that's I the also, vibe that I got right off. And this, I also wonder how much team. money they lost because of the strike. I also wonder if this is a them looking at their books and being like, we cannot commit any more money to this thing that they probably spent $300 million? At this point, probably. With the amount of side stuff that they're doing on I mean, the budget for Superman, not Superman, the budget for Rebel Moon, I think was somewhere in like the 160, 170 million, but that's just for the the principal filming and the the actual releases. Um, you also 
have the marketing of every Sunday night football game I've seen this season has a Rebel Moon trailer in it. Okay. Which is like, that's kind of prime ad space. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and then you've got... Uh, like <laughs> Who's making you watch football? I've been a Niners fan since we were kids. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, okay. Continue. Uh, I got to go to a football game in person. Amazing. Taylor, it's the mo- it's adult Disneyland. It's the most expensive thing I've... I-, I was blown away with how much a day would cost you. Michael, remember when we were kids? Remember that? My Steve Young autograph that I got when I was a kid? You I had, had it on my mantle. And you had lots of cards. Yeah, I was a big, I'm a big Niners fan. I mean, we grew up in San Diego. Either we like the Chargers, the Raiders, or the Niners. I chose the Niners. Uh, and I've been wonderfully disappointed by the, the Chargers, Chargers my whole life. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's why we all went to the Niners. <laughs> um, anyways. Anyways. Three plus years and you're still learning stuff about me. <laughs> every day. Gotta, every, day I learned, every day I learned something <laughs> new about you. I love it. Um, there. Um, for audiences there, uh, there was times when we, when Michael and I were younger that um, he got really into Jay and Silent Bob and the Kevin Smith stuff. So he started introducing himself to my family as my heterosexual life partner. It's a great joke. It's such a great joke. So that was, yeah, but you, you told, you introduced you, my grandparents when they were like, who are you? He's like, I'm Michael. I'm Taylor's heterosexual life partner and they're like what does that mean if you didn't move <laughs> away so if you didn't move away from me and decide to get married and have kids we could have made this a reality yeah probably <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> such is life such is life but i don't know how your wife would have handled that because you were dating her i don't know she would have been like i don't want this third wheel in our house anymore or maybe she'd be the third wheel who knows <laughs> who, who knows the we can't change the past Unless it's a Scott Pilgrim cartoon where every time Scott Pilgrim comes out, we get a new and different story. All right. So, and that's the last thing I wanted to talk about because I watched the Scott Pilgrim show in two sittings over the weekend. Yes. Um, For those of you, I mean, spoilers if you haven't watched it lately, or even if you follow Netflix's social media accounts, you've been spoiled already. I was watching it maybe about episode four of eight. I was pretty pissed because I, this is not an adaptation. What the fuck is this? And I was watching it. I was annoyed. Then I think episode five or six happened when Scott shows up and says, I have to tell you what happened to me. And then the bombshell drops and you realize that this, move, this show is a fucking sequel. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. And like immediately 180 flipped around. I loved it. Like it was... I was like, oh my God, they just pulled a Star Trek 2009. Like, time travel, alternate timeline. Yes, this is kind of Ramona's story, but Scott, older Scott from a different timeline is the bad guy. <laughs> oh my God. Like, did so much. There's, it, it took, I was, like I said, I was mad because I was like, this is not an adaptation. This is, I, mean, I was even like, the, the live action movie that changed the whole ending is a more faithful adaptation than this. And I was getting frustrated. Like, this is funny, but something's wrong here. And then as soon as they made that, that twist revelation, everything was fantastic. And having Will Forte, Will Forte as the voice of older. Scott, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if we've talked about this, Michael, but I have this weird cult like love for the MacGruber movie. And the subsequent TV show that came out of it, 
It's uh, it's a great, it's a great, um, it's a great, it's a very silly movie. Um, I, I really got into Will Forte in that TV show, The Last Man on Earth. And that was a fun. That was a fun show. It's a great show. Um, how do you not love the guy who does this crap? Let me just pull up this image. <laughs> are you going to pull up a picture of celery in his butt? No, no, that I I don't want us to get delisted. Like that's that's oh, how you okay. do it. Um, I he went to an award show like this, where he <laughs> shaved his head, his eyebrow, and half of his beard, and was essentially two faced. Where yeah. he like, how do you not? This is insane. This really is also committed. during the, the Last Man on Earth time, where he was like, like this is all the hair I grew for that. Now I'm shaving it all off, and he just like went full on monster two face. <laughs> He committed. That's he committed amazing. so hard. It's amazing. He committed so well to it. Um, but the fact that they got him to do the voice of older Scott, and the joke was that this is older Scott, and he's like 35. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he's, I'm, he's it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm I'm older than older Scott here. <laughs> um, I and I I have many of the same takeaways that you do. I wonder, should we get a, a regular adaptation? Should the manga, should the comic book finally be made one-to-one? Because I feel like there's all these incarnations of it. You got to read the comic book. You got to play the video game. They're all kind of different slices of the pie. But didn't that, didn't this show actually wrap them all together in this weird Scott Pilgrim multiverse? Such a great where way. You have the main canon is the comic. And then the future of the comic has this evil Scott trying to stop the comic from happening. And then by doing that, Ramona from the future went back and started planting the seeds of essentially the, the video game, the movie, the play, the, the TV show, all these things to try to show Scott the, the shorthand version of their love story because she knows Scott won't read it in a journal. Yeah, <laughs> which is so funny. <laughs> Like, so, like, you can basically rationalize that the movie, the game, all of that stuff is canon to just future Ramona trying to infiltrate different forms of media to get Scott to see the story, which is amazing. Like, the show is very well written. They utilize the characters really well. The fact that it's the continuity of the voice actors from the movie really carries over well. And the movie got to tease these characters. We really got to see them flushed out. I know that we won't get more, but I would love to get yeah. some more. I would love to get some more. And even the creators of the show kind of teased it at the end with the Gideon and um, the other character teasing their grand evil plan that may be happening. But at the same time, they the creator also said they have no plans to make season two yet. Um, that may change, but they, they're not thinking about it. Um, Scott Pilgrim is the super meat boy. Every time it gets out, everyone buys it. You got to check it out. It's it's great. I'm very happy with it. I am. Uh, Netflix is killing it in the anime department right now, and I hope they can keep it going. I do too. But on that note, I think it's a good spot for us to stop and, and wind it up. So, Michael, take us home. Taylor, if uh, just like the people that helped you pay for that new TV, to keep him afloat and to keep this channel afloat, head on over to our patreon.com slash the culture nerd. Uh, there you can uh, uh, go in and support us. We have a number wonder we have a number of wonderful supporters right down here. Uh, your host has been Taylor Murphy. I'm your co-host, Michael Santel. 
Our logo was by Jose Navarro, and our intro was by Taylor Murphy and Jay Stu. Uh, if you have those cell phones, uh, give a, a like. Please give a subscribe. Uh, leave some comments down there. Did you enjoy the Scott Pilgrim show? What do you want to see out of this uh, Superman movie? Uh, are, do you, are you afraid that Netflix is going to back out of this Rebel Moon support? Let us know. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, and we'll see all you kids and cats next time. Bye.